You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf from Iron Source. So welcome back, everyone. I'm Melissa Zalouf, and you're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love making, growing, and of course, playing games. Joining me on today's Level Up episode is Sally Liu, who's Director of Customer Success at Unity. We'll be talking about the gaming industry, its relationship to game tech, and Unity's role in all of this, which is obviously going to be super exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to this a lot. Uh, Sally, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a really exciting um, year for sure, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a. let's hope it's a highlight. <laughs> Not, which is not really saying much, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, bar is set really low. Um, could could you uh, maybe tell us, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself um, and your journey in the gaming industry? So sort of like, where were you before you were at Unity? Yeah. Because I did actually know you then. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think my journey in the gaming industry pretty much tells you the story of how gaming platform evolved in the last mm-hmm. 15 years, right? I started working... Uh, for a company that back in the day were doing PC games, right? And then so PC games, you know, the time that you have to either insert your CD into your drive or you, mm-hmm. you download ESE files to install the game to your PC. So I, I actually already doing advertising insertion into those games back in the day. So my gaming experience is always surrounding the advertising part of it, uh, the advertising component to it as well. Um, and then after the PC industry, the PC game industry, I went to Facebook gaming, right? So like I do have a, the, for the gaming for Facebook. And the the example is I joined Zynga at the time that when we do the farm bill on Facebook and it, it's just a lot of social interactions, there's a lot of advertising involved as well. So I was there doing like monetization uh, for those games. And of course, Zynga evolved also to do tap into the mobile you know, like gaming. And as I, that's kind of my path also from the Facebook, like web gaming to the mobile gaming and then drive uh, towards that mobile focus that going forward. And then I joined Scopely, uh, Gem City, and those this fun casual game company running monetization and op- uh, operations and stuff. And then joined Unity today. So I, I joined Unity about two years ago to run the customer success organization. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like a who's who's a who's who tour um of the, <laughs> the top, top companies in in gaming. Um, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about what your role at Unity entails today. Yeah, so I lead uh, one of the customer success organization for operate solutions. Um, operate solutions. I'm not sure uh, if anyone, everyone, are familiar. What we do is that we offer the customers the ability to grow and engage their end user base. Right, as well as run and monetize your content with the goal of optimizing end user acquisition and operational costs while increasing the lifetime value of their end users. So my team's focus are uh, on the client facing day-to-day operation and provide professional services to our developers' clients. Amazing. And um sort of how how was the um what what has it been like to to see unity sort of pre and post uh, ipo is obviously i mean 2020 might have been generally speaking quite a horrible year um but for you guys it was also incredibly exciting what was that experience like you know to us operationally we don't we don't change right because we are still facing the same client we still operate the way we are 
of course, the mm-hmm. COVID situation definitely made the market really dynamic. So we're kind of make sure that we embrace that changes and then and then operate against those things. But in general, we are still the same. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, one of the, you, you've kind of mentioned uh, COVID in the market. And one of the things I think Unity's IPO and Unity in general really um, sort of crystallizes or, or represents is this this new emerging category of game tech, um, which is a, a, you know, this phrase we're using a lot, uh, which Nuzu, uh, the research firm coined uh, with their map, uh, which came out a few months ago. Um, and in many ways, Unity is kind of like the epitome of a game tech company. You guys have got a lot of different technologies um, which serve sort of various different parts of the ecosystem. Um, how... You know, you've mentioned operate. Um, there's the engine, obviously. There's cloud content delivery. How how important do you think a diverse portfolio of offerings is um, when it comes to uh, being a leader in the in the gaming industry? Yeah, first, I think we we think the most important thing is to think about the player experience, right? And then to bring the product to market that help our customers, which are mostly game developer, to create and operate the the great games that for them. Um, you can see in our offerings now how we grown and expanding our offering. Even most recently, we include the support for small indie developers to get access to our tool to help their games to get discovered. Uh, I think this goes beyond just a tech ecosystem, really into the heart of what makes a great experience. Uh, I think that's why Unity has expanded beyond just gaming into other verticals as well. If you can see that we have entertainment, we have automobile and all these different verticals that, I mean, for our goal is to, you know, our philosophy is to have more creators in this world, right? So I think that's the just the power that not only to drive the technology for the gaming, but it's overall all this industry surrounding entertainment and also other things. Mm-hmm. And do you think um, it's an interesting point you bring up about games versus other verticals? Do you think there's something specific um, or different about developing tech for game developers? Um, and and if yes, why? So does it have to be? I mean, the the most um, kind of simplest, almost obvious comparison is kind of game developers to other um, non-game app developers. Um, does tech for game developers have to be? Um, faster, more sophisticated? Um, does it have to sort of prioritize user experience or, or interactivity more? Um, do you find that's the case? I think it's all of the above because, you know, it's all about creating the most engaging experience possible for the player. Uh, no matter what kind of content that you're consuming, it's about the player experience. Uh, and especially around games, I think good games get noticed. Uh, great games keep the notice for a long time and continues mm-hmm. to evolve it and then to build an engaged uh, fan base, right? I think our goal is to help ensure that creators or developers can create and build and engage and grow and achieve the a profitable business model. Mm-hmm. And you talked about some of the new um some of the new things that Unity has, has launched. What tech do you think is actually missing um, or perhaps has the greatest room for improvement uh, when it comes to a game developer's toolkit today? Kind of what's, let's, let's call it what's tomorrow's tool. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I don't have a crystal ball, but <laughs> what I can tell you though is uh, I wouldn't say necessarily anything missing. It's more around like the room for improvement. Uh, I think like, 
for example, the better or real time picture of understanding the players. So like there's the understanding in terms of the analytics, right? And also the understanding uh, the player behavior in real time, those are pretty critical. I think there's definitely a lot of room to improve. And the other side I would uh, suggest is like AI and machine learning components, because you know most game studio, especially that they have this perception that it's so expensive to build a team a data science team to do AI and machine learning. And actually it's a massive misconception because, you know, like for example, the our tool uh, like GameTune that can actually seamless integrate those into the test stack and instantly bring, you know, the the real time information, also like segmentation, all the things that to play to put the player data to work, right? So helping the overall game development process to be more efficient. I think this is like, you know, like Two things. One is, like I say, the the understanding the real pe- real time picture of the data and player experience and the player behavior, and then how do you predict or like catering to you know like that type of behavior by using AI and machine learning. Mm-hmm. And where um, where do you think the next stage of gaming's growth is going to come from? Um, do you think we're going to see, is it going to be a new genre? Is it going to be uh, new or more developers? Um, or are we going to see kind of the big guys continue to uh, grow and dominate the market? I mean, there's the, the, we've seen a really uh, rapid growth in the game industry over the last couple of years. Um, are we Have we peaked? Um, again, I know you don't have a crystal ball, uh, but in your sort of a very educated and experienced opinion, um, what are we going to see next? I think what's most exciting about games is the ability to connect people, right? Um, you know, like across different geographies, across different gaming platforms, and even game types. Um, I think it's not really uh like a dominant or about the big players or uh the growth of the indie players it's actually a combination of both and so like people will continue to do great games they're gonna make it more even more social for example we just saw the article from oxford university like i think it's two three days ago it's actually talking about video games is good for their health you know i think that people are driving that direction is like social interactions and then this kind of interactive gaming experience um, is actually good for the society, I would say. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it is very interesting to see that dynamic continue, especially with the COVID situation. I think we mentioned about this, that people mm-hmm. become, you know, they're all remote and then continue to, to interact on the virtual environment. And people that didn't play games now become gamers, right? And gamers mm-hmm. become even smarter to understand, to utilize different technology and to, to play the video game. Like, for example, like VR, AR, those type of things, or like different gadgets and stuff. I think it's definitely going to drive and expand to, towards that direction. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about um, sort of how important it is to have lots of kind of a diverse portfolio of technology or tools for a game developer. Um and, and Unity is a great example of that. Normally, the trade-off between kind of uh, one-stop shops uh, and specialty solutions comes down to being able to get much more sort of tailored or bespoke technology from providers who specialize in one specific thing. Do you think that applies um, in the game industry at all? 
I think possibly in some instances, um, but you know, you know, Unity is really different, right? So first of all, we're engine agnostic, so like which provide the developers the flexibility to develop on the engine they choose. Uh, I think it's important to us that they remain in control of their IP and experience, uh, which is also why our products are also like interoperable and or giving the developer the ability to truly design the experience they want with the tools they choose. Um, which I like to see everyone using Unity, right? But the reality mm-hmm. is that anyone can enter at any point in our ecosystem to find a solution fit and, and succeed. You never need to leave the Unity ecosystem to succeed, but although we're careful not to lock you into a one-size-fits-all model. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you mentioned you worked in um, monetization roles at multiple gaming studios, and now you're actually on the other side of the coin um, <laughs> at Unity. Um, how, how, what's that shift been like? It's interesting because people are always ask me this, and then I joke about like, I come to the dark side, <laughs> but it's actually not <laughs> true, right? There's a lot of misconception about networks that mm-hmm. most networks do not have the publishers first in mind. Uh, but I mean, it's it's not the case, you know, especially with Unity, right? We focus on user first and then developers and help them to build and monetize and optimize their own benefits and we're helping publishers to make money. Um, mm-hmm. I think in for me especially, I think it's instead of handling just one studio because like one company, they have a very limited portfolio. I now do have a bigger bird's eye view over the entire industry. So not only just on the monetization, but also there's user acquisition. There's also game technology and game services, which give me a really cohesive view in terms of how the industry operate and also different cross-functional components that work with each other. So you've mentioned a couple of times um, this like this not idea. I mean, it's not an idea. It's happening. Um, Unity having solutions for entertainment and and a bunch of other verticals. And I think entertainment and gaming is a really interesting topic to to tackle because the lines between. I mean, first of all, you know, maybe it's something we can de- debate whether there were lines between the two in the first place. But certainly, the boundaries between traditional entertainment and gaming are increasingly blurring. You have Netflix shows, of popular video games. You have virtual music events inside. Um, you know, games like Fortnite. Um, and there are even now sort of startups who are building products to enable this, like Wave, um, who use broadcasting gaming technology to create sort of uh, motion captured performance of artists, which then they turn into animated characters of the virtual world. So it's all sort of quite um, blurry and mind boggling. Um, how do you see this trend of um, kind of traditional entertainment moving into, into gaming and the other way developing? I think, yeah, well, you mentioned Netflix, and then we're seeing this already in the way that subscription gaming has taken off, right? If you look at Stadia or even the Apple Arcade, so the, the things are already happening. And it's a model that, we're, you know, well, hopefully that the audience will already know this, but it's a model where player consume the game content without ads or an IAP in return of playing with, you know, you have to pay a recurring fee. Um, I think over the next few years, what we'll get a better indication, honestly, because like, even though we have seen this model scale in music and movie streaming with Spotify and Netflix, but I think the jury is still out for like the, the 
the gaming side of the model because as, mm-hmm. you, as you probably already observed, it's taking a lot of efforts for even just Google or Apple really push this type of model. And then the infrastructure to support that will have to be like solid, right? So I think the all these components have to be all come together in order for us to have this type of scale in the future. But definitely, it's definitely started to see that trend happening. Mm-hmm. And this kind of connects both to this question and to my earlier question about um, tech for the game industry versus other industries. Um, because another thing that sort of interesting trend that we're seeing is game kind of technology spilling over into other industries. Again, Unity, a great example, right? Uh, a sort of a game game engine technology then being used to power 3D for kind of, you know, the automotive industry or you know medical devices or architecture whatever it might be mm-hmm. um and and i know we've i mean it's it's obviously a slightly less epic example no <laughs> pun intended uh but in the past you know i've i've talked on it on various different level up episodes about how the the sort of the creative or user acquisition or monetization technology or the growth technology um, built for um, games is in a sense kind of like normally um, innovation happens first for games. It's like the bleeding edge of innovation inside the mobile app economy um, and then sort of trickles down or out um, into into other verticals. Do you think we're going to see this trend continue? Um, and if so, what kinds, what sort of elements of game technology do you see spilling over into other industries? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think we already seen this uh, with the mixed reality in particular, right? Especially amplified by by COVID. Uh, people want to go to places and to experience events, but the travel is limited right now. Uh, imagine shopping for your car, you know, actually sitting in the driver's seat and looking around at the dashboard, checking the real rear view mirror to see how mm-hmm. how your friends the world be behind you i think the tech is here today uh it's being used by different you know, like several large companies as well um especially i think ar is is one um you know tangible experience especially like for brands today right so they a lot of companies using ar to create their virtual experience Right. So like, you know, like furniture companies or the retail in general, I think retail really adopting the like AR, VR experience that for, for shopping with the end user experience. So definitely that we were already seeing it today. And I believe it's going to continue to expand. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, um, of, of, well, I kind of mentioned this, or I don't know if I've made this point. Let's see if you agree with me. Um, but the the shift from, which is a huge one for the game industry, from pay to play to free to play. Um, do you th- how do you think game tech ha- fueled that, um, and and in a sense, kind of gave birth or enabled maybe uh, the free to play model? And do you think we're going to see? Um, an evolution of similar significance in the future. For example, you mentioned this subscription-based uh, games. Yes, and as mentioned before, it's already taking hold with the accelerated adoption of in-play advertising, more widely known as product placements. This acceleration is underpinned by the sheer numbers of consumer playing games, estimated at close to $3 billion. We have seen brands like MasterCard tapping into large esports audiences through in-play advertising in games like League of Legends. And we have seen millions of people attending virtual events, such as concerts and fashion events performed in Minecraft, 
Fortnite, Zipato, and other games. Such events present opportunity for brands and creators, of course, to reach massive engaged audiences. Uh, also, we have seen the rising trends of companies tapping into game services and technology. Take, um, you know, Iron Source and Apple, for example, have gone one direction by creating separate studios to do publishing business. Unity here, however, we are firm about not competing with our customers. So our direction was to create and launch the Game Growth Program in October this year, which helps indie developers to learn the experiences and gain the skill sets to elevate themselves from indie to potentially mid-scale developers. We see the entire industry rallying around the idea of embracing the whole game lifecycle with player experience in mind, and I believe that will continue to expand. Interesting. And um, this is sort of um, a very forward-looking question. Um, looking at, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see a news news map of the game tech ecosystem, but what areas are you most excited about um, and, and why? And where do you think we're going to see the biggest growth uh, come from in the next few years? I think the most exciting thing is to, to me really is to seeing how the lines between development and operations and also development and growth that already blurring. Like people come together nowadays that to really create this cohesive or like working really closely with different components for the game industry as a whole. Um, I think while the map does a good job of buckling all these various players out there, uh, I would like to see the version that maybe May was unity that showcases, you know, there's so many components that can work together. And it is definitely overlap between like you know, all those things I talk about, like development operations, development and growth that can have a bigger overlap. Um, so it's not just a clear bucket going forward. I feel like there's definitely some kind of like connection between different dots. And what about sort of uh, AR and VR? Um, which which kind of also you've mentioned them and, and connect to to Unity's offering. What role do you think you see them having in the future of gaming and, and I guess outside of gaming too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think they are incredible mediums, right? So not just for games, uh, but for really building out the like metaverse between the traditional and digital. So they're standalone powerhouse experiences and addictive like it's enhancements to bring those experiences to new levels anywhere they're needed. So it's not just about gaming. It's not about inter- not only just about entertainment. It could be applied to many different applications. Um, I think this technology would really help us bring the level of creativity to new heights for our creators. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, a very positive note to end on. Uh, <laughs> Sally, thank you very much for being on the show today. It's been super interesting. And thank you, as always, to everyone else for listening. Tune in next episode for probably what will be the last of our Game Tech Focused mini series.